Church, I, if you've not been anywhere lately outside of Eastside, missing how blessed we are to have such faithful servants who are so gifted. Uh, I was just a little overwhelmed just listening to Miss Michelle's beautiful soprano voice there in the spectrum. I'm serious. It, it's so beautiful. And I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you. Play the instruments and get up and lead in worship. I, I told Rusty, you know, bring in friends that's not been there and grab. You know, bring them home, show them knickknacks, you need trophies and stuff. And it, it's such an honor. I said, look, I said, uh, the girl leading uh, the solo in the choir, senior in high school, down the guitar, senior in high school. So many places are losing them. And, and I'm so thankful to be the pastor of the church where they're active in ministry. Serving God. And uh, so nobody else tells you. Uh, listen, high schoolers, I'm proud of you being here today and uh, come to worship. And I'm thrilled, thrilled to death to have a dear friend and mentor in ministry, Dr. Rusty Rickinson, here with us this morning. Those of you who were here last night, thank you for coming. But I think you thank me. For having Dr. Rickinson here. What a very special time. Things that we overlook. We, we get caught in the traps of our English vernacular. And you know I'm a, a stickler about, don't just say revival. Revival ought to mean something. Well, for Dr. Rickinson, starting many years ago now, the word leadership became very close to his heart and said, you know, it ought to mean something. And so, as I entered Lutherized uh, into my doctoral program, uh, I remember getting that paperback, probably besides finally getting the final draft of my major ministry project approved, the next best letter was being accepted into the program. And I'll never forget that accompanying that cover letter saying that I had been accepted into the doctoral program was a personal letter from Dr. Rusty Richardson congratulating me on being accepted and informing me that he would be my personal advisor. He walked every step of the way, all the phone calls, the late nights, the last minute final drafts and all of that stuff and has been a true encourager for me for a long time. It has meant a lot, not just to me, but many, many other uh, people in ministry that he has served and, and uh, led so many ways, but Dr. Richardson is uh, the president, the founder, uh, the lead in rethinking, lead, uh, rethinking, uh, lead, rethinking, leading, as well as foundation of faith, a ministry. You can Google that. You can look on the Luther Rice uh, website and find. Uh, Connection to him. You look on my Facebook page or Twitter page. He's on all the social media, uh, and uh, you'll be blessed by the just the little snippets. You know all the garbage that's on there. I love reading his stuff. It's very encouraging. It's educational. And it helps. Uh, he has a wife and children that serve the Lord, and uh, I just appreciate his ministry and what he's doing. And I'm thrilled to introduce my friend to you today. Dr. Rusty Rickinson. 
thank you so much for coming this morning and for those of you who were last night, thank you again. And thank you, Matt, for extending the invitation to come and share this time with you. I I've always heard of Claxton. Now you, you, you hear me. A native Warren County, some of you know where that is. And my best friend growing up, his parents were from Claxton. So I don't know if you know of Crumpton. Uh, Dan Crumpton was my dad's best friend. He just passed away. My dad passed five years ago. And Interesting, the first thing my wife said after we learned that Mr. Dan's passing was, Well, at least your dad and Dan are happy and talking together about all the pictures. So I've always known where Claxton was, that it did exist, and you're about 15 times bigger than Warrington. I know you think that you're a small town, but you're not. You're, you're, uh, you're a strong, vibrant community, and I just praise the Lord that there's a strong, vibrant church in the community of Eastside Baptist Church, and your pastor, you know, what Matt may not have told you, maybe he did before I got here was, this man bled so much read, read ink on his papers, he had to get a transfusion. <laughs> you just ask Becky if that's not but I'll tell you, there's one thing about it. higher education. Now, let me just tell you about something about higher education. If you ever aspire to go beyond high school and college and keep on keeping on, higher education is not necessarily just a function of intelligence. Now, we know that, right? You have to have some intelligence, but it's not necessarily a function of intelligence, but it is most definitely a function of the ability to endure pain. And I heard that. So, this morning, what I want to do is come to you not as a professor and not as somebody with a bunch of degrees, but really just as a brother in Christ who has a burden. And my burden is that our church, especially the church in the United States, we are faced with many challenges in our current culture, are we not? And how can we as a church face the challenges that the media and all that are opposed to Judeo-Christian values present to us today. And I just want to come to you with my burden to say that it's not going to be the loud and <coughs> vociferous voices of the talented talkers and those who are making grandstands for the faith that are going to really make a difference. My firm belief is that it is going to be the everyday, 
normal human being, the common man, the common woman, who knows who they are as a follower of Christ that is going to literally save America. And beyond that, you, you do understand that if we do not save Western civilization as it was founded by the founders of this country based upon a Judeo-Christian understanding of religious values, and for our case, especially the preeminence of the person and the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, that the rest of the world has a good chance of, of just waxing away into chaos. I know we don't, we're tired sometimes of being the policemen of the world, but can I just say that more than just being the policemen of the world, we as a country have a responsibility to be a light in the darkness. And we're not going to do that through raising up leaders and leaders and leaders. I know that sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? Because that's kind of all we need. We need more leaders to stand up. We need more leaders to stand up. Can I just put it to you this way? We need followers of Christ to stand up. So if you name the name of Christ here today, if you had the joy of hearing that still small voice say, I love you, and for the Holy Spirit of the Lord to convict you of your sin in your heart and for you to surrender your will and your life to Christ. And you have become a follower of Him. We, as fellow followers, are vested with a tremendous responsibility to hold to the truth as it is given to us in the Word of God. So I commend you for your presence here today. I commend you for your desire to come together and worship and study. I commend your pastor to you, a man who loves Jesus, a man who will lead you into the Word and will allow the Word to speak without speaking into the Word to give his editorial comment. You know, I just, I can't watch the news anymore. Can you watch the news anymore? The talking heads, all they want to do is argue with each other and talk over one another. Sometimes I know churches where all they want to do is talk over what God is trying to say in the Word of God. We need to let the Word breathe. Let God speak clearly. And there's, and there's never more need for that than in the world of leadership studies. And so just to give you a little bit of background, I was uh, studying my Bible. I, I don't know if any of you have ever had this happen, but you've read this Bible, you've read it, 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 and all of a sudden something just steps out to you and almost slaps you in the face and say, wow, you see it for the first time. Anybody here have that same thing? Well, you know what I'm talking about. So I'm reading along with the scriptures. I'm minding my own business. You know how it is. I'm just kind of marking off my Baptist check mark for the day read my Bible on my offering envelope. Some of you are not old enough to remember offering envelope. Y'all have I'm happy. All right. And so if you have a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 6. And I'm going to read this little... We usually, you know, in common language... 
we call it a section, right? Put in up of, uh, you know, the theological language. It's a, yeah, John chapter 6, look with me in verse 35. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. For I have come from the Father. Listen to this. Listen to this. I have come from the Father. Not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Ladies and gentlemen, as you look at the scripture, in my thinking, I have always focused on the verses preceding that. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, never thirst. You know, we focus on those. But right after those poignant, pregnant verses from Christ himself, he says something that I have never seen before. He said, I came to do the will of him who sent me. And what that did in all of my leadership studies, it just basically threw me for a loop. Because all my life I've heard about what a great what a great leader Jesus was. And, and how a perfect leader he was. And he was the greatest leader. And ladies and gentlemen, he is. But that is not the reason why Jesus came to earth. People will say, why did Jesus stay on the cross when he had all the power in the world just to step down off the cross? And we have songs about, well, it's because of his great love for us. Can I tell you, he does have a great love for us. He loves us with an everlasting love. But it wasn't his love for me that kept him on the cross. He says it right here in John chapter 6, verse 38. I came to do the will of him who sent me. What kept Christ on the cross was not his love for me. What kept Christ on the cross was his love for the Father and his desire to do and fulfill the perfect will of God, the Father. If he had not done it, he would not have been the Messiah. He would not have been our Savior. Everything that Jesus walked through, talked through, did in his entire life was solely for the reason of fulfilling God's purpose for his life. He said, I've come to do the will of him who sent me. Can I ask you a question this morning? I know everybody's got a will that's here this morning because you're a human being. God's given you a free will. In that end, what is your will today? And I think we can clearly see that the will of this church is to do what, Pastor? To do the will of the Father, right? As it's revealed through the Word. So you see the church together as an organization, as a primary objective, it is to do the will of the Father. Now what's your personal will today? I would like to hope, and my desire is, to do the will of the Father. You see how all this lines up? I want to do the will of the Lord Jesus Christ and to do the will of the Father. I know that if I'm following Christ, I am following the will of the Father. If your church continues to follow 
the will of the Father as it's outlined in the scriptures, you will be in the will of the Lord Jesus Christ for you and for your family and for your church. But it's not about leading. It's not about this. It's about what? Say it with me. Say it loud. Follow me. Follow me. Let me see if we can get this to work. Here it is. So, what if, what if in the universe, the earth was the center of the universe and all the stars and all the planets revolved around the earth? You know, I was one place, one place where I had a person say, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You do know that's not the way it is. The earth is not the center of the universe. In, in, in our galaxy, what is? It's the sun, right? And the sun's the center of the universe, and the earth and the planets all revolve around the sun. But you do understand that that was not always the case. It's called the Copernican Revolution. When Copernicus finally realized that through his mathematical figures and his gazing at the stars, there was a difference. For thousands of years, the earth, the, the theologians, and all the smart people in the world believed that the earth was the center and everything revolved around the earth. Now, for those of you who are history buffs, you understand that Copernicus got into a great deal of trouble with the church because it kind of violated all of the church's current theology. They had it wrong. And then eventually Galileo got a hold of Copernicus's stuff and popularized it. But everybody up until the early 1700s, this is hard to believe, had the belief that the earth was the center of the universe. We had our cosmology in big terms wrong about that. We had to come to a, an understanding. We had to shift our thinking in order to come to the reality of a certain truth. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard the phrase, everything rises and falls on leadership? Sure you have. Let me show you how that's not true. Now you might say, wow, that's, that's, that's not right. Well, let's look at it. Here's your basic diagram. You've got a leader at the top, you've got followers underneath, right? This is how it works. And you say everything rises and falls on leadership. What if the leader leaves? Uh-oh, it's not working. My animations aren't working. I'm going to ask somebody who has a servant heart, thank you, to go get me eight cups. you got eight coffee cups laying around anywhere? Plastic cups will work. We'll come back to this. <laughs> hey, and while we're doing that, I've got something for you. Strips of paper. Who's going to hand out my strips of paper? Thank you. Let's do that now. Do what? He needs to distribute his responsibility. <laughs> we need... Okay, this is when... Followers get up and help. Come on. This is really easy. Here we go.
How to do it. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, so these folks are going to be handing out strips of paper. Don't do anything with them. Just hold on to them, okay? This is probably going to be the strangest worship service you've ever attended in your life. But just please bear with me, okay? Are we doing okay on this side of the room? Are we doing okay on this side of the room? All right, so what I want to show you here is just a little illustration. All right, how about that? taken a, a, a pen and I had placed the letter L on this particular cup because this particular cup stands for our leader. Are you with me? I'm going to ask you that until I get a nice strong verbal. See, I'm a teacher. I have to have response. You school teachers in here know that you need engagement. So I will repeat myself. We will stay here longer unless I get audience participation. So can you hear me? Yeah. That's happens every time. I know. Lunch is waiting. I know. Up against some strong initiatives. All right, so here's the leader and everybody underneath are the followers. Are you with me? Yeah. Watch. Everything rises and falls on leadership. Nothing up this sleeve, nothing up this sleeve. What happened to the organization? Nothing. Maybe that was, you know, a scientific study, contrary to climate change, you have to have the same results off a benchmark. That was a big problem. So I'm going to put this back and we're going to lead our organization. And I have one of those. Okay. Very good. Here he is. He's sitting pretty. Watch it closely. One more time. What happened? Absolutely. Say it again. Here we go. Now, what am I showing you? What happens? This, you know, you can change out leaders and there may be some slight function, but within churches especially, this is actually how Baptists do things. Baptists come along and they say, you know, our church isn't growing. We've got this problem. We've got this problem. We've got this problem. Guess whose problem it really is? It's the leader's problem. And so let's get rid of the pastor. And we'll go out here and we'll find us another little pastor out here and we'll interview and we'll say, that person's got the right idea. We'll bring him in here. Are you with me? 
Until things don't work out exactly right. Let me show you what's, what, what really is, what I've discovered. And this is in any organization. This leader can be the very best leader on the planet. But this, I'm going to call him a guy. This guy right down here at the bottom, he is just not participating. And he's not going to participate. Because maybe he doesn't like this guy. And maybe, or, or maybe he's just got uh, something about doing what, he, what it is he's doing. He's just not going to, he's not going to participate. So what he's decided to do is get out. Now what happens to the organization? It all fell apart. Was it the leader's fault? No. It was not the result of the leader. It was the result that the follower did not do following him. Now you say how important following is. I know in our culture nobody's standing on the sideline of the football game saying, Someone get in there and be a real follower. <laughs> They're not doing that. But the reality is every coach in America wants their players to follow. Every quarterback that calls a play wants the players to follow. Right? Every AD in America wants their coaches to follow the rules. So everybody everywhere is following. I don't care who you are. The President of the United States is sworn to follow the Constitution of, and uphold the Constitution of the United States. Every CEO of every large corporation is committed to follow the will of the Board of Directors and the shareholders. And so last night we did a little thing, Matt, you want to stand up real quick, where we realized that in playing catch, we could see leadership in action very quickly. Are you willing? Are you able? Underhanded, overhanded, underhanded it is. Thank you very much. Now, come back to me. I am. Thank you so much. Now we're going to change places. Let me just show this illustration. Now Matt is the leader. I'm the follower. Let's, let's play catch. I am ready. See, Matt thinks he's a leader. <laughs> but he really doesn't know how to throw the ball where I can catch it. You see, I'm going to give him another chance because, you see, I'm a gracious person. I'm a loving Christian. So I give him more chances than I would anybody else. Okay, Matt? Pastor me. Not pastor me. Pastor me. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. You see, poor Matt. He's got a real problem. What's the problem here? Is it Matt? Is he throwing it where I can catch it? He is. Who's the problem? That's what everybody tells me all the time. My students say, you're the problem. No, I am the problem. The follower who chose not to receive what was going on, to participate, was the problem. This is the organizational secret that is the dirty little secret in the mega million leadership composium. When's the last time you read a good book on how to be a great follower? You know why? Because it doesn't make any money. Because in our culture, you got to be the leader. Now, Matt, on behalf of rethinking leading in my heart, here is your heart to lead by and to follow. Okay?
Let's give the man a hand. And when you think about all this stuff, I have found my niche in life as the absent-minded professor. When you think about all this, think about it. So for me to be a real strong Christian doesn't mean I have to be the leader. It just means I have to be a strong, committed follower. So I want to commend to you to change thinking based upon reality. To see that everything rises and falls on the commitment of the followers. This church can reach greater Claxton and the surrounding area when all of the followers commit to it. See, many times we default to say, that's not my job. That's not my, that's not what I'm. I'm to do. That's what the pastor does. That's what the staff do. That's, that's what those leaders do. That's what those deacons are required to do. And we sometimes we give ourselves a pass in thinking that we have a job from Jesus to do. Because you see, we're, we're just volunteers. Now, to me, volunteer is a four-letter word. I want to eradicate it from the face of the earth. You know why? Because of what Jesus said. Let me see if I can run forward here. Did you know that the Bible is a book written by followers, about followers, for followers, with the purpose of informing followers how to follow the Lord God? I've never had anybody dispute that yet. Did you know that Jesus was the perfect follower? I came to do the will of you who sent me. Did you know that his command to his disciple is to follow me? Do you know that word in, is, is actually, every time it's used in the New Testament, when Jesus said, follow me, he wasn't asking a question. He wasn't making a suggestion. It is in the imperative, and it takes the place of a command. Follow me. There's no question. And you see, that's what he's saying about everyone and their belief, too. God, you know, Jesus never gave an invitation to follow God. He only issues commands to follow God. And if you're a believer here today, one day in your past, you heard that command, and you stepped up with your will and you said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. And they what? Say loud. Even goes on to say, if you're going to operate within the environment, then what you need to do is you need to deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and what? Follow me. I hope by the time we're through with this service this morning that I will have ruined you enough that when you're reading your Bible, every time you see follow, it's going to take on a new meaning for you. And it's going to take on a new identity in you to say, you know what? It's not a bad thing to be a follower. In fact, it's the biblical thing for me. It's the biblical thing for me to be a follower. 
Can I just tell you that your boss, whoever it is you work for, really wants you to be a great follower? Because great followers, when they're following, have a tendency to lead others. And when they lead others, they influence them to follow. Let me show you something real quick. Well, Jesus is the head of the church. Paul said, imitate me. So Jesus' purpose, commands, teachings, and the teaching of his followers all resonate with a follower philosophy. So how do people become leaders in the church? Well, Christ is our leader, is he not? So if Christ is our leader, then we follow him. What does that make us? Followers. So if we're followers of Christ, when you have a responsibility, let's say, and God says, okay, I'm going to give you some people to take take care of within the body of Christ, and, and you're over them organizationally, who do those, what do those people call you? They call you the leader. And Matt, let me just tell you, for a lot of pastors, for a lot of pastors, I know I did in my, in my career. I began to listen more to what the people call me than what Jesus called me, because Jesus never calls me a leader. I get my leader from people. That's why I'm trying to create a new term called following leaders. See, that's what pastors are. That's what Christians are. We're following leaders. We follow Christ first, and then we lead others to follow him. And so looking at this scenario, following is the functional purpose and responsibility of every believer. The primary responsibility for us is to follow Christ. And the organizational role is primarily to follow, regardless of title or position. So it doesn't matter what title you carry into the church. In fact, titles just simply help with organizational clarity. Everyone is followed, and everyone is operating on a spirit of submission. And as I already said, I'm trying to eradicate the word volunteer, because in the word volunteer, what do we have? We have implicit in that word the idea and the concept that I don't own this and that I don't have to. I'm just a volunteer. So therefore, if I'm just a volunteer, I really don't have to come to that meeting. I mean, after all, I'm just a volunteer. When in reality, did you see the many times that Jesus spoke to the believers in the church about following, follow, follow, follow? It's all in the command. So you see, there is no place within the body of Christ where if you have chosen to become a member of this church, and please hear me, I'm going to lovingly say this as, as, as gently as I can. Within the context of the body of Christ, there is no such thing as a volunteer. There are only conscripted believers and followers of Christ. When you step forward to follow Christ, the reality is that your life is no longer your own. It belongs to Him. And from that point forward, we are seeking to follow the will of the Father and the will of the Son as, it is, as we are empowered to follow it by the Holy Spirit. 
And God has placed together in, in his world an organization called church where we get to learn how to submit to God, listen to this, by submitting to each other. You know, does anybody in here know the scripture that God disciplines those he loves? No. That's a, that's a scripture dear and dear to me. Because I get a lot of it. And I don't have a problem being with, with God disciplining me. I really don't. What I have a problem is, is when God uses you to discipline. <laughs> Isn't that right? It's a whole lot easier to go, God is disciplining you. God is loving But when it comes to other people doing that, I have a difficult time receiving that. But when I get my mind straight to say, I'm here to follow the Lord and I'm here to submit to each other, I can do my job and I can get the job done within the context of the church by being a follower first, a follower of Christ. So I want that idea to spread like a, an infection through this body and that, we, that you can join with me in becoming the army of followers that God has called us to be, regardless of title, regardless of position. Now, earlier I gave you a little strip, strip of paper, okay? I'm going to ask you You know, I hope that. Don't try this at home. I'm a professional. <laughs> You've got a sheet of paper. Let me see your sheet of paper, please. I'm going to take you into my classroom real quick, okay? This is what I want you to do. I want you to put down on this sheet of paper the word leader. And then Matt be smooth. I know that's hard to do. Leader. Make it big. Okay, now on the back side I want you to put follow up. Ryan, we got my, I got my tape getting ready to go. Let's do it. Let's jump. How are we doing, guys? All right. So we're about to do something really, really, I hope, soon. Let me see what you got. Show me your leader. Very good. Now, flip over and show me your follow. Wonderful. All right, go, guys. Start. Start. <coughs> Spreading the tape. I need, everybody needs about an inch and a half worth of scotch tape. Oh, my goodness. We're going to be here until 3 o'clock in the afternoon the way these guys are fixing it. Something. 
Right. So they're going to give you a piece of scotch tape. Don't do anything with it. That's kind of hard. I've just been informed that all these people down here are driving the OCD people crazy. Hey, how's everybody doing? Did y'all get tapes? Did you get tapes? How about you guys? Y'all tapes up over there? Marriage. 
While they're taking up the last folks, look at me real quick. This is what I want you to do. Here's where the exercise gets a little bit crazy. What we're going to do is we're going to create what is called in geometric terms a Mobius strip. Is anybody here familiar with a Mobius? You are. What's your line of work? Of course you are. It is an engineering diagram. We're going to create a Mobius strip, and this is how you do it. I want everybody to hold up your, doesn't matter if leader's on the outside or follower's on the outside, it's just whatever you want to do. And I want you to turn it like this and almost make a circle out of it, okay? But instead of making a circle like we used to make to make those really cheap little circles around our uh, Christmas trees, I want you to take one side of it, watch it, and twist it like this. And then take the end of it. Did everybody see that? You take it, twist it, and then put it together. Like that. And it should look something like this. Very good. All right. Hold up your Mobius when you get it done. Excellent. Well done. Well done. Well done. Everybody likes to say, well done. Well done. This man. Here we go. Take it. Perfect. Anybody? Well done. I'll be on that road. That's it. All right. Now, how about this side? Everybody doing okay? Looking good, looking good, looking good. I like it. How are we doing? Now, you know what we're about to do? Yes, what I'm going to ask you to do is take a pen or a marker or anything and put the pen on the sheet of paper like this. I might be a little difficult where you're seated. And then start drawing a line. And keep the pen on the sheet of paper. All the way around, okay? Just keep working with it. All the way through. Don't let the pen wander off the paper. Keep moving. And then tell me what you discovered. so much for participating. Parting guests will be at the door. Oh. You have a pen? Okay. Who needs a pen? Do you need a pen? you need a pen? Alright. So for those that are just now catching up on it, when you drew your line, what did you discover about a Mobius strip? It goes on both sides, right? So, how many of you started your Mobius line on the leader side of your Mobius? Okay? How many started on the follower side? Hopefully everybody else. So, when you, when you do that, what does 
that teach us about this? It's a single side, it becomes a single-sided geometric plane. Correct, Mr. Engineer? So with that, this is a great indicator of what and how God uses leading and following within the context of the church. You are a leader in some respects, but you are a follower in others. Sometimes, if the line is going through the leader, you're the leader. But sometimes, it will flow into being the follower. So all of us are not all leaders all the time. We're not all followers all the time. We are simply learning how to, organizationally, be leaders and followers within the organization. When someone comes to you and says, I want you to follow Christ by participating in this activity, and you say, you know, that's what I want to do, and you get into that ministry, and you say, I have gifts that, that, that can work here, it may be that you become the leader of that ministry. But you are following the entire purpose and plan for the church in doing that. Okay? Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take your Mobius strip, and before you do this, let me give you the full instruction. I want you to take your Mobius strip, and I want you to unlink it. And then I want you to find somebody to relink to, like this. And, 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 put it, and put it back as the Mobius. All right, have at it. You have connected together that way. I want you to maintain your own identity. Like a chain, like a chain. Not, not long way, like a chain, like a Christmas chain. Like this. When you, when you hook up, you should look something like this. Not end to end, but rather individuals. Very good. Okay, now I see portions being shown to me, but directions was to link to everybody. So, link, link to everybody. Anybody needs more tape to retake.
Ladies and gentlemen, what I would like to show you is that on the Word of God, this is your church. Let's give it a hand. What can we see about this? What, what were some of the things you learned in the process of putting the church together here on the Word of God? Just go ahead. They didn't want to stick. Huh? You know some folks that don't want to stick, right? Okay, what else? Took some teamwork. Teamwork. God worked together. What else? Relationship. Who said relationships? That's it. By the way, did some of you have to get up and go to other people? And some of you made the effort to reach out to that's what it takes for the church to bring together. Some people are not in a position to move toward you, so what do you have to do? You move toward them. That's church. That's church. When people look, I saw it. It was, it was right over here when we were working on it, and, and then it, it fell apart. This little section right through here kept falling apart. I don't, I don't know what the problem is. But can I just tell you this? Sometimes, <laughs> that's bad. Sometimes when people in the church fall apart, fall apart, fall apart, folks, it's because their lives are falling. But you don't know it. Because you see, we all come to church with our Sunday best. We, we don't want to be as transparent maybe as we need to be with a few folks. But our lives are falling apart. We can tell folks' lives are falling apart when we can't come together. Okay? What else can you tell me about this? Let me just give you a few and then we'll go to lunch, okay? Number one, it don't take much to carry it home. Every person's responsibility is to maintain the integrity of being a follower. Because without this personal integrity attaching to this personal integrity, it all falls apart. The church is designed by God to fail if the people that make up the church do not operate 
the power of the Holy Spirit, submitting to one another and humbling themselves to each other. It just doesn't work. And it's designed that way. Because God's in, He is not in the organization building business. He's in the church building business. Let me show you something else. How many of you actually had your beautiful Mobius script all put together and then the professor said, I want you to tear it apart. And you went, just when I had it right. Okay. But when you tore it open, what was required for you to do that? What was was required for you to link up with somebody else? You had to open up your life to somebody else. Did you not? Every person in this room who is a link in the chain that makes up the church here had to open up their lives to somebody else. In other words, there was a degree of vulnerability that we all had to make in order to be reconnected to somebody else. Because I know, because every time I've ever done this exercise, I've always, there's always been a piece of paper left on the tape that I've tried to retake. I look at that as a part of me. So really, when we link up together, we're linking our lives together. I'm giving you a part of me. You're giving you, you uh, yourself to me. We're, we're, that's why relationships are so important within the body of Christ. We, we just can't take them for granted. We have to really concentrate on loving one another, giving one another, deferring to one another, caring for one another. Because this is not just an organization that we're in. This is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We represent Him. Everything that we do in this place is a picture to the community of the God we serve and the Savior we say loves us. You've got a great church. You may not look like much, but you're a Christian. <laughs> Always position yourself on the Lord. Always seek to follow Christ. And God will be honored in this place. If you're here today and you have yet to make it an act of your will to follow Christ, can I just say? Missing out on life. Because Jesus said, I am the way. We sang about it. I'm the way, the truth, and what? The life. If you want to really live life, I challenge you to obey the command of Christ, to obey Him. It is a command. Obey Him and follow Him. Follow Him. If you've heard His voice today, in the next few moments, trust it in your heart. All you got to do is, is speak it. A prayer to his ear is here, is present. He loves you. Trust him. Father, thank you for the morning. Thank you for that, my dear fellow followers, that today we can see you working in and through us and how important each person is within this body 
to give, to be vulnerable, to trust you for all things. And I pray for that one or two or three or four of us here. And right now is the first opportunity they have to really trust you. God, I pray that in their heart they would reach out to you and trust you. In Jesus' name.